Uh, so have you ever felt like almost like your life's the brunt of a joke? Or, you know, maybe that if there's something that's bad, it's going to happen to someone else, but no, me. Uh, a couple people I looked up in history who had problems with this. One was Abraham Lincoln's son. Not only was his father who wrote uh, the Gettysburg Address and who helped begin the process of freeing slaves in our area, uh, but he was, he was obviously assassinated. And two later presidents that his son was uh, in relationship with uh, friendship with were also assassinated and killed. So he must have gone around just going, gee, my life, what would this look like? So some of you might feel like this season as the bills roll in, as maybe job loss or uh, things that come in or maybe just too much work or other stressors come in, you might go, God, I can't handle it anymore. And quite frankly, that is the truth of the gospel. You cannot handle it. Have you ever heard uh, what people claim to be a Bible verse and says, God will not give you more than you can handle? That is not a Bible verse, and he will give you more than you can handle. Am I speaking the truth? He will give you more than you can handle, and he will overwhelm you because there is a point to prove in humility of being brought to a place where you depend completely on King Jesus. So we see in our reading this morning, and we're going to focus on, I'm going to read through the reading, and then we're going to go back to the first verse because we're going to focus on one gentleman today. So let's just look at this together. And they compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And with him, they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days. Save yourself and come down from that cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. So he was on a cross. He was crucified. Most of everyone in this room knows that story. We know that he was on the cross. We know that it was brutal. Matter of fact, the beating was so bad that where the flogging took place, women and children were not allowed to watch what took place. It was so brutal, and it was talked of as repeated beatings, repeating spitting at his face, and not once did Jesus turn away, but he was brutalized. And so we go back to the first verse here, and today we're going to talk about Simon the Cyrene, Simon from Cyrene. And so um, I'm going to read through, I don't have uh, it up on the screen, but I'm going to read through some verses and explain some things. In John 19, in this very part, it says, then, 
Then delivered he them therefore unto them, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called the Hebrew Golgotha. So John doesn't mention Simon. He doesn't mention Simon. And many theologians believe there's a reason for that. Because John is reminding us and the people there of the story of Abraham and Isaac. In Genesis 22, it says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. So Abraham was told by God to take your only son Isaac to go to the mount to prepare an offering and a sacrifice. They get off of the, the donkey, and they place uh, the father Abraham places the wood on Isaac the son. He's carrying it up there to be a sacrifice. He doesn't even necessarily know all that's going on, but he's carrying this wood on his back. The picture you got to get of Jesus is not so much that Jesus was carrying a cross like that, but he was carrying the cross beam. The hole was dug, and the, the main piece was there on the hill, but that side piece was placed on, and so Jesus had to carry it. John mentions that Jesus carries it uh, till the point, but Mark mentions another gentleman in the story, and he mentions Simon. Uh, so in Matthew 27, it says, after they had mocked him, they took the robe off of him and and put his own raiment on him, and led him away to crucify him. So this is in Matthew. And they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name, him they compelled to bear his cross, and when they were come to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of the skull. So Cyrene, if you were to go down Jerusalem, leave south, go across Egypt, and go over towards modern-day Libya, that is where Cyrene is is from. That is the location of it. So picture that. So we have here a man from North Africa who is just coming in. They believe that he has some uh, Jewish um, heritage by birth. He's coming in to celebrate the Passover. He's outside the gates. And so the idea is that Jesus, after he was beaten, walked down that road, got to the outside the gates. It was too much. And the Roman guards went and they said, I want you to take this cross. Now, again, imagine you're Black Friday shopping, you know, and you're at Walmart or Target or whatever it is you go to, and, you know, you're minding your own business, and all of a sudden your time is just busted into. Something happens that you don't want. And so Simon is there, and and I just want to make another mention, too. This gentleman was more than likely... uh, an African-American, and by that, I mean he was a black man. And the Bible and, and past history in our American church has relegated some great theologians who were African-American. And I'm going to go into that sometime. Today's not today. But we see Jesus approaching the marginalized. Often the women come there. And so here's Simon outside just minding his own business and You know, racism took place then. They looked at him and go, you're going to carry the cross. They had authority to do so as a Roman guard. They put the cross on him, and he followed after Jesus. Now, the picture gets grimmer. Jesus was beaten so bad, I venture to say that there was blood, sweat, and whatever on this cross beam. 
So here's Simon. Man, I just come up to Jerusalem. And they put the beam on him, and they, he followed after Jesus. Carrying the weight, hearing the crowds, not necessarily understanding all that took place. But something happened to Simon that day. Something I would say is wonderful happened to Simon that day. Something that was outside of his desire, outside of his looking for, happened to him that day. As Jesus was bearing the cross, he was asked to carry and pick up the cross and follow who? Follow King Jesus. The Romans were saying, follow after the king, Caesar, and, and spiritually God was saying, take up my son's cross. He is the king of kings and lord of lords. In Luke 23, we hear, and he released unto them um, the murderer and cast him into prison. But he delivered Jesus to their will, and as they led him away, they laid hold of one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he may bear it after Jesus. As Christian, if you're a Christian here today, you should not be surprised that you're called to pick up a cross and follow Jesus. Does any Christian in this room never heard that verse? We are called to pick up a cross and follow him. So from the very beginning of Jesus' time on earth, we know that our time will be spent carrying a cross and following who? But my question to you this morning is, are you carrying the cross that he's given you? And are you following Jesus? Think from the heavenly gaze how crazy it would look as Grace talked about little Seth, that God tells us very clearly, there's no question on that, Take up your cross and follow me. And we pick up a cross, we bemoaningly grab it, and we follow after our ways. We do after our flesh. We do after our desires. We create our own ways and dictate to God how we're called to live. I have been guilty of doing that. I have got an honorary doctorate in doing that. But my question to you this morning is, who are you following if you're a Christian? Have you taken up your cross and gladly followed Jesus? Have you taken up your cross and is Jesus in your sight? Is the suffering something that you're, not, um, you're taking on you, but you're not giving back to the Father and spending time with him? It's important that we get that and we, and we sense that. So we must be following Jesus. We hear some effects of persecution in Acts, and this is where the story is going to get better, I think. And some of these men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spoke unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. So some men from Cyprus and Cyrene, because of persecution, ended up going to Antioch and preaching Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. How cool is that? So remember, these men, some of these men were from Cyrene. In Acts 13.1, it says, Now there was in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas, 
and Simeon that was called Niger or Simon and Lucius of Cyrene and Mananean, which had brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So here you have a man called Simon the Niger. And I'm probably not phonetically saying that right, but quite literally it means Simon the Black. So here we have an evangelist that, I mean, I can't prove it completely, but theologians pretty much all agree that the road of carrying the cross and following after the beaten and brutalized Jesus totally transformed the life of Simon and his whole family. Remember it said in Mark, it said, I, uh, not only about Simon, but he was the father of Alexander and Rufus. So later on, when Mark wrote his thing, hearing from Peter, they knew that the son of Simon, the two sons, they knew them closely. Archaeologists had done a dig in the early 1960s, I think, where they found the tomb of this Alexander. And they're quite confident that this is the Alexander spoken of, of Simon the Cyrene. So you have a man called out, not wanting to do I mean, not looking to do anything, God calls them to carry the cross for Jesus Christ, and bigger things happen. In Matthew 24, it says, And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. It says the prophet said there will be false prophets coming in. There will be people that will teach easy believism. Hey, you want a free ticket to heaven? Just say this prayer, and you're just going to be with God forever and be in heaven. Yay, that's great. And yes, God can work that way, but there is a change of life that takes place after that. If all you've done is said a prayer and there's not been any change, if you're not doing things that you wouldn't normally do, and I'm talking about good things, if you're not being obedient to God and you're just doing your own way, then maybe that wasn't genuine inside. And so um, it also says that because iniquity shall abound, that's the old King James version of sin. Because sin abounds, many people's hearts will grow cold. That is a warning from the prophets. That means if you and I allow things in our hearts to just to devastate us and, and, and we don't deal with it, that we will grow cold and we will begin to distance ourselves from God and his people. But it also goes on and says, those who endure to the end shall be saved and that the kingdom of God will be preached into all the world. So imagine Simon, the Cyrene, outside of the gates, carrying the cross of Jesus Christ. I picture him walking as the blood's dripping down, and he's looking. There were some people that were crying and weeping and sad, and there were some people that were jeering, and he's just watching all this. I propose to you, he didn't know who Jesus was entirely. He didn't know him as the Messiah. He didn't know him as God. He's just carrying this. And I want to propose to you that as he gets to the hill and he drops off that beam, and then he stands back and watches as they place Jesus Christ on the cross, 
with his arms tied in there, and they have a person. I, I've not heard this before. They actually have someone that was found in a grave that had the heels placed on the side of the cross, not in the front as we're used to seeing, placed on the side, and a nail was horizontally gone through the heel on each side. So he's on the cross, and all this is happening, and I propose that Simon hears Jesus mutter and say to the Father, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And possibly Simon was there when the king of glory in the biggest darkness sees God turn, relationships separated. And he says, why have you forsaken me? I think there can be a question for some of us here today as a point of reflection. You know, we can look at this head, heart, hands really quick. In our head, we know that Simon was from northern Libya. He came up and he was worshiping at the Passover. He was taken by God's providence to carry the cross of Jesus. He had Jesus' blood draped on his shoulder. He followed after all that. He saw what happened on the cross. He saw the darkening of the clouds. And he probably, most likely, saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. And his life was completely changed. But for us this Christmas season, we can't take the cross out of Christmas. We can't just talk about a baby. Prepare him room, absolutely. Um, I love Christmas carols. I love singing. I love the season. But the baby, Emmanuel, went on to grow up to be King Jesus who crucified on the cross and was resurrected by the Father. It might be interesting for you to note as well that Jesus' inauguration took place on the cross. We saw many people in these past weeks claim that, you know, oh, you say that you're this and you say that you're this. Here when he was beaten, he had a crown of thorns placed on him. They put a purple garment around him, which signifies royalty, and they took a reed, which was a symbol of a scepter, and beat him with it. Jesus' throne was the cross. His inauguration was unlike any other. If you were a disciple and you're wanting to get the story about this great guy who went out and did wonderful things, I don't know that the story would sort of denouement into he was beat almost to death and then crucified with no one around him. So this morning, I ask you, who are you following? Are you following King Jesus? Has he inaugurated on your heart? Have you picked up your cross and joyfully followed him? We can talk about the struggles in our lives. We all have them. But is Jesus within focus? Is he within focus? Is he with you in this relationship? Or better yet, are you with him? Are you following after him? I want to say that as a church, I pray that we are following after King Jesus. I pray that we are a light as has been prayed before up here, that we are going to shine brightly, that we carry our cross gladly, 
knowing that in the end, great things can happen. So just get this picture. Simon in Jerusalem, ultimately his sons come to know Jesus. His wife, it's mentioned elsewhere, came to know Jesus. They shared the gospel and helped proliferate the word of the gospel into all the world. Had he known, do you think he'd have been thankful then? Do you think he'd been thankful? Do you think he would go, nope, I, didn't wish, I wish that didn't happen in my life? No, you know, I wish that didn't happen, but we don't have the foresight that God the Father does. So let me ask you, do you trust him? That's an answer in your heart. Do you trust him this morning? In your situation, in your restlessness, in, in your joy, are you trusting him? Or are you just looking for relief of the cross? I don't want to care it anymore. I don't want this stuff anymore. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of following. I followed you for years. I'm tired, tired, tired. We're called to take up the cross and follow. In Hebrews 13, it says, so Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach that he endured. Folks, Nehemiah, if you remember him, he was cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. Brothers and sisters, we are crossbearers for King Jesus. Let us do it boldly. Let us do it well.